Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen of UK Estate Agency. Today is Thursday, the 6th of July, 2023. What an interesting UK property market we have with the uh, eye-catching newspaper doom-mongers saying that it's the end of the world. The property market is doing not bad at all, but it is a lot harder than it was. Um, it was it's a lot harder than it was uh, from six months ago, 12 months ago. Looking at the stats and looking at the anecdotal evidence out there, there seems to be a three-layer market. The bottom quarter seems to be, bottom third seems to be doing quite well at the moment. And the upper quartile, for some strange reason, also seems to be doing quite well. But it's that sticky middle market where big mortgages and the interest rate rises are proving things a little bit difficult. Where, uh, If you actually look at the stats from the UK property market stats show, then um, fall through rates have increased. We were working on an average of around 20 to 22 percent of properties falling through in the summer. In the spring, we're now up to around 27 and that's been slowly growing. So what can you guys, boys and girls, do in a state agency land to not only get the properties on the market, but more importantly, find the buyers and keep the buyers sticky? So today I'm joined by literally some of the hugest names in the UK state agency industry. We're joined by Lee Wainwright, who's the boss man of Focal Agent. He's the guy that does a lot of outsourcing for, for your estate agency. We're not here to sell you anything. But uh, I'm sure his services will come up in a subtle way. But he used to be big, massive in the game when it comes to both countrywide and was national boss of Purple Bricks for a while as well. What he doesn't know about a state agency is not worth knowing. We're also joined by Ed Mead, who was huge in the game at Douglas and Gordon uh, when they were a force to be reckoned with um, and now runs the Viewer, the outsourcing of uh, view. Um, viewing system uh, that an awful lot of firms use to, to help them out. I'm sure we'll bring that up. That will come up in conversation. And finally, we're joined by one of the, also, again, if it can't get any bigger than that, we've got Ian White, although to be honest with you, he has been losing weight recently. And Ian, your tan's looking marvellous. The sun did you some marvellous stuff there. Um, Ian used to be big in the game at Romans and now um, is kind of like a mover and a shaker within the industry, giving advice and guidance to some of the biggest names in the estate agency <laughs> industry. The people around this table, if you know, will should have the answers for you because we're going into a marketplace that probably is similar, a bias market, which was very similar to an 08, 09 figure. And if it is a bias market, then we as a state agents need to change track. Is it a problem? I don't know. So let's dive in. Let's start off with you, Ian White. Where do you do you recognize what I'm saying with regard to the property market with your clients and you're dealing with some of the biggest names in the industry? Talk to me. Is there a sound problem there? No, that's fine. Rock and roll, go for it. Just me or everybody? No, I'm starting with you, Ian, please. I'll come out and come back in because all, all I can hear is Mike. Okay, then let's you, go. You to... carry on, carry on, carry on. That's I'll leave fine. And come back in. Good stuff, Lee. You talk to an awful lot of estate agency bosses. Where do you see the marketplace in on in with regard to what I've said, please? Yeah, hi everybody. Uh, so yeah, I think um, uh, the numbers speak for themselves. So um, actually, the year-on-year -year comparisons are quite interesting. One hundred and sixty thousand instructions in June. It's one of the highest number of instructions in in month terms for a couple of years since the post-pandemic rush um, but 106,000 sales this June versus 110,000 sales last June so we do agents are doing more work for less sales and those sales are, are falling through slightly more um, I, I, I think it would be fair to describe um, the conditions as more normal I do think we we've had a period in in 21-22 where um, uh, selling homes was easier and then everybody was fighting really hard to win those instructions. Um, and in, in terms of the marketplace, I think a, a lot of the seasoned agents are quite excited by what lies ahead because it's an opportunity to really differentiate the quality of estate agency services they provide um, versus their competitors. So um, more instructions, harder to sell, harder to keep those sales together good quality estate agents will be excited by that from, from an opportunity perspective, but um, it, it does need a, a different approach to, to, to win 
to the, the approach that was required to win 12, 18 months ago. Let's move on to Admeet. Again, you've been talking to a lot of estate agency bosses. Where do you see the current marketplace at the moment? Um, well, I would concur with quite a lot of what Lee said. Um, I used to really enjoy it when at DNG when the market got bad because we knew our market share would go up. So it's always an opportunity when uh, people actually need their hand held and people need to be proper estate agents, um, bearing in mind that the conditions we're coming out of are not normal. You know, the pandemic was not normal. Everyone expected to be having this conversation halfway through COVID, but instead they were all counting, they were too busy counting money. Um, and that obviously has now changed dramatically and people are having to go back to normal estate agents, which is working for a living. Certainly the people we're talking to um, are busier. You know, uh, Vuber is a sort of slightly counter-cyclical business in some ways, in that when people aren't so busy, they need help with things that they, you know, they have staff issues and they want to, that, that's the problem really that we'll talk about is, is how do you staff up at a time when perhaps your income is less and your costs and your workload is higher. So those are really the challenges that we're finding the people we're talking to are experiencing. Ian. I, I think Lee hit the uh, nail on the head when he talked about it being more of a normal market. Obviously, we like to compare to the most recent past, but in reality, if you remove the COVID years, where we are is pretty normal. Um, the circumstances under which we find ourselves arriving at normal perhaps aren't, aren't uh, usual or typical, um, but the output in terms of the market they created are very normal. Um, so I, 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 I don't believe that, it, that it's anything for anyone to be worried about. What they need to do is understand if you've moved from a boom market to a normal market, the behaviours that you were showing and the strategies and the processes in a boom market won't work in a normal one. You have to flip your, uh, your business strategy. You have to flip your, your, your processes. You've got to flip your mindsets. You've got to flip your training into dealing with what is in front of you right now. Um, so I think I think the challenge isn't the market. I think the challenge is the people flipping their themselves, their processes. Okay, okay. So everything you know, we say estate agencies are people business, you know, and you know, estate agent, you know, I think the two biggest issues here is, you know, and I think you said yesterday when we talked on the property stat show is 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 that estate agents can't control the market, can they? But they can control the way that they deal with the market. And those weren't your exact words, but that was your sentiment. So do you recognize the fact that this middle market just happens to be the tough market and it could it doesn't matter whether it's the lower end upper end or middle end the same principles are the same aren't they that the, the fact is is that is that we have buyers markets and we have sellers you know the last few years it's been a seller's market so the the issue has been getting the bloody house excuse my french getting the house on the market and then forming an orderly queue now yeah. Would it be fair to say that now we're turning more into a buyer's market, especially in certain markets, and we need to change the way we approach ourselves? Because that's the purpose of this webinar is how do you sell houses that don't seem to be selling? Yeah, I think for me, Chris, I think that's it's it, it is about the, the time and effort that you think about um, putting towards your challenges. And, and when when you list and it sells, you put lots of time and effort into listing you double down on activities like canvassing and, and, and building relationship with potential sellers. Um, and that, that shift in the market means that you've now got to think about the activities that are going to give you a competitive edge in, in, in selling homes and you know, getting your pricing right becomes more important. And building relationships with vendors who are on the market for longer becomes more important. You know, getting the right buyers around the right properties becomes more important. Closing for offers becomes more important. Negotiating offers becomes more important. Um, and I think what we, we've also got that a lot of agency owners talk to me about is that we've got a different, um, a different employee in the average estate agency branch from what we had in 08 and you know, the, 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 okay, so let's go down that rabbit hole, you know, because there's going to be people on this call that don't have grey hair. Some of us, uh, or, 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 or if they don't have grey hair, they use artificial products to make it. No comment uh, intended, Ian. Uh, so, 
I'm very funny. You've got some grey there, mate, haven't you? The beard's grey. The beard's grey. If we can't... It's slowly disappearing, but it ain't going grey. Oh, I'm only coming anyway. in. But for those, those people watching who've only been in agency for the last 10 years and not experienced this sort of market, let's let's take it back through the whole process. What can we be doing, A, to attract the right listings? Because, you know, it's all about getting, you know, let's look at listings. Listings are up, aren't they? Yeah? Can we all agree on that? Yeah. So is, is getting listings the issue at the moment, or is it getting the listings at the right price? Yep. So what, what's your thoughts about agents who either overvalue or, or pull their pants down on their fees? Should we be doing that? Just shout up, guys, because come on. Is it, we're yeah, in... so, so for me, the answer is no, you should never be doing that. Ian, you said something yesterday on the stat show where basically people are, I've got, they, they, should, they are fearful of FOMO. What did you mean by that when it comes to overvaluing and taking overpriced properties on? And he said it was the responsibility of the estate agent not to take on the right property at the right price and be and not be fearful of walking away from it. Well, I, th I think FOMO dictates the behaviour of the estate agent and the, and the estate agent's behaviour in general is I must list everything I go to see um, or I must stop my competitors getting it. And I, and I think that's a completely flawed policy, as Lee says, actually, in any market in reality, um, but very, very much so right now. I mean, people talk about, you know, the clients um, seeing what's happening in the market. The clients aren't reacting to what's happening in the market. I'm going to cry bullshit. It's the agents aren't reacting. I think the clients absolutely know what's going on in the market. Now, they might need a little bit more cajoling. A seller might need a bit more cajoling about his price than a buyer being told he can get a lower bid. I accept that there's slightly different agendas, but the issue here is the agents. Um, and if you, if, you, if, you, if you have a position of fear of losing every instruction, you will typically overvalue and, and, and perhaps charge less than you would be able to get. But I think one thing, way. Ian, I think it's fair to say that, that, that um, my um, modus operandi when the market wasn't great was if I went into an instruction and there were clearly people who were overpricing it. I mean, anybody who's going to value a property in this market should always endeavour to be the last person in. That's always the most helpful thing. And if you get the right information, you can then work out where you, where you position yourself. If it's clearly being overvalued, you don't want to be the person that wins it. You want to be the person that keeps bothering them and gets it second time around. Things change. I want to come back to slightly to that thing that Lee said about there being a different sort of employee. We all know that being in property is a fantastic game. It's a great thing to be in. But the last few years, particularly um, during and post-COVID, have really encouraged the I'll do what I want because I know I'm going to be able to sell it. And estate agency back in the day used to be much more about being everything from being a chauffeur to a marriage guidance counsellor to being a, an expert on mortgage and interest rates and everything else. And there is so much of a skill set that that you just said, Chris, that most clients know what's going on. They do. If you're thinking about selling your house, you make it your business to work out what's going on around you. And as an estate agent, you've got to know what's going on around you. There's no point sitting around just waiting for the phone to ring from right move. Your client wants to be able to identify, say your seller wants to be able to identify with you. So you want to be ringing them up and talking to them about it. And the other thing is that there are, as you said, there's a bottom bit of the market, a middle bit of the market, where which is the difficult bit, because that's where people are getting their mortgage, the, the big mortgages. And I'll talk about that in a minute, because I think that's a game that's a short term game. I, I, you know, the world economy around us is not in great shape. So interest rates will be coming back down again at some point. And then you've got the top end of the market, which is different and not a lot of people deal with. We want to deal with the bottom and the, and the middle bit of the market. That's the that's the relevant bit, I'm sure, for people who are listening to this. Yeah, I think, Ed, in terms of, um, it's interesting, I always wanted to go first. Did you? I wanted to go, <laughs> I wanted to go first, but I, I, I've heard that, that, that situation before. For me, I think that's um, the most relevant thing that you can do to make a difference is to be the ear that the client list, listens, the mouth that the client's prepared to listen to in, in this market. Yeah. You know, if, if, if they are taking information about the housing market from the media, you know the the front page headlines, the 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 headlines on on the news at night. Then they aren't going to be making the decisions that you want them to make. Actually, exploring, and I, I think I said this in a group like this before. There's no chance I wanted to buy a house in the marketplace between 21 and 22. What queue up with 20 other people and pay over the asking price? 
to save you know one or two percent on stamp duty no thank you very much i'd much rather be moving in this market i'd much rather be moving with a really good choice of available properties that i can select from and i want to kind of do a bit of a deal on the price now that might make me old school but you know that that ability to engage with buyers and sellers and create a narrative with logic and fact and and um you know the what it means to you mr customer is that's the opportunity to really build relationships with the the, the house buying communities that gives you a fantastic opportunity to to be the voice of property within the areas that you're serving and and i think you know, you see the agents that are starting to use social media to spread those messages and are having the one-on-one conversations with with the the buyers, sellers, landlords and tenants in the current marketplace. And they will be taking advantage of the fact that there's more stock. Like you said, Ed, your market share can grow in these markets very, very easily. But but what happens is it, it becomes easier to be better than the average agent at selling property. That's really difficult in in a in a uh, the kind of conditions that we've had for the last two years, uh, anybody can sell a home. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to be in that kind of market where anybody can do my job. I want to be in a marketplace where being better and and and, and having high quality processes and standards and services that I provide to my customers allows me to completely outperform the competition. And you know, I'd be thoroughly excited by the opportunity that exists in the marketplace. And and for me, it's. Yeah, what do I think I would do? I'd understand my cash flow. What can I invest? Lots of people will be looking at ways to save money right now. Don't be that person first. Look at what you can invest in. And it might be, you know, um, uh, it might be people. It might be processes. It might be marketing products. But where can I invest to be even better? What messages do I want to convey to my customers? How do I want to convey those messages? How do I make sure everybody in my business is able to con- connect those messages with um, their customers? And let's let's set ourselves some ambitious targets to go out there and a have some fun in the conditions that we've got right now. But b to to win to win in comparison with the average agents who will be listening to the headlines and you know justifying why I'm not as good as I was last year because it ain't my fault, Gov. It's it's look, it says it on the Daily Mail. It's shit. I can't sell houses right now. There you go. Well, and we know that there'll be a lot of people that behave like that. And that's going to be an exciting opportunity for, for the agents. Those agents won't be listening to what we're saying today anyway. They're already building their excuses. The agents that are listening to these kind of messages should be excited at the opportunity that exists in front of them. Ian, what we, have you got to add to that? Well, first of all, I don't mind whether I'm first, last or in the middle. Uh, I just want to make sure that I get out and get out and value it and get the opportunity to uh, say my piece. But, but I can understand the advantages of either, perhaps. But um, for me, the key to unlocking this middle market is, is first and foremost, is just truth. I mean, the actual re- real crux of it is just to tell the truth to the client about what it's worth. But if you, if you, if you had a marketplace, you're in a marketplace where, for example, the average country home in your town is a million pounds and the average four-bed detached family home is 700,000. The average three-bedroom semi is 600,000 and they're not selling. Yeah, they're not selling at those trigger points, but they're in the market at that point. If you are the agent that can then take that country home and have a good conversation with the owner about they're not selling here, let's bring you here and have it at 900,000. So there's a 100,000 pound gap between the ones that aren't selling and the house that's on. And you bring the average detached house from 750 to 650. These numbers I'm making up, by the way. And the average semi is on at 350, but you get yours down to 300. If you do that, the eyeballs of the buyers are guaranteed to be on your stock and your brand and your business. And those buyers will then start to interact with better priced properties and deals will start to be done. If you then are starting to be the agent that is showing that your stock is turning from for sale to sold and your boards are going from for sale to sold, um, and online they can see that your stock is going from sale to sold, as people enter the market as a willing seller, they're going to connect with you, not anybody else. They're going to come and put their property on the market with you because you are the agent that's selling. So as you sail through this, this marketplace, you inevitably come out with a much bigger market share and a much better reputation. And all the time you're doing this, you're moving your, your million pound property to 900,000 and your semi from 500 to 400. 
you're cutting the legs and the oxygen of your competition off because if the buyers are looking at your stuff, they're not looking at theirs or they're becoming less and less disinterested in the stagnant stock. So your competition weakens, the morale goes through the floor, they want to point at excuses, they want to blame interest rates, governments, Brexit, the competition, low fees, whatever they want to blame. I don't care what they want to blame. But, you, but you're sat there and, and you're looking around thinking, everyone's talking about the market, we're having it off. Um, and I, 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 I'm with Lee, this is an opportunity, not a problem, but it's an opportunity if you have the bravery to talk to the people about not selling here needs to be here, not selling here needs to be here. And if they don't like that, let them be on the market with someone else because shit instructions at the wrong price just attract more shit instructions at the wrong price. You don't want to be in that game, guys. It's not about market share right now. It's about market share of what's selling. It's not about market share. I'm not sure it's ever about market share, um, albeit I can understand the advantage of it. But, but, it, but it, it's just honesty. Just tell the clients what they need to do to connect with buyers. They'll write you checks for commission. It is difficult for the people who, I agree with Lee that the people who are watching this are probably the people that want to learn and want to change, you know, want to work out what the, what the right strategy is. If you're running a business, it is terrifying at the moment when you're, when you're suddenly having to employ more people to do work, to earn less money. I mean, it is very frightening. And I think that having, having a message for both buyers and sellers in this market is incredibly important. I mean, you know, if you're going out into the market trying to get, and most people, most people will get free valuations. If there's 25% difference between those valuations, I don't care how good you are, greed is still a driver for people who are selling their properties. It doesn't matter what else is on. If an estate agent who's, you know, smart looking, you know, seems to have lots of stock on, tells them their property is worth 25% more than the person afterwards, you're probably going to have a delay as the number two agent before you get that property on. But as, a, as, a, as an agent, you can be turning around to buyers and you can be giving sensible messages to them. I mean, the fact of the matter is, if you're, if you're a seller or a buyer at the moment, the market is moving. If, it's, if, the, if you're moving into the same area, the market is moving in the same way, whether you're a buyer or a seller. So exactly as Lee said earlier, the chances are you'll have more choice as a buyer. If you're a seller, most people tend to sell because they want to buy bigger properties. So this is a great time. If the market is, is, is proving difficult and prices, headline prices are coming off the frothy layers where they've been for the last sort of two or three years and they're coming down to more, perhaps what might be described as more normal levels, there's a great opportunity. You know, your 350 property that you own that you're selling for 300, the 600 property you're buying, you might be buying for 500. So you're 50 grand up on the deal. There are lots of ways of looking at this market and explaining it to people where buyers can take, sellers, pardon me, can, be take, can take advantage of the market in the way that Ian was describing, getting more eyeballs on their properties. As an agent, you can get those properties on the market by using that sort of strategy. Because most people who are selling do not want to take a year to sell or 18 months to sell. They're selling because they got a reason to sell. Kids going to school, you know, divorce, whatever it is, they have to get on with it. So there's so much to learn when you go in to value a property to try and work out what you your, your strategy for taking it on. The questions you need to be asking have probably got nothing to do with the property. They've got to do with, you know, estate agents are there to help people move. That's what being an estate agent is all about. And that does not involve just talking about the house and what it's worth. It's about finding out what the individual needs. And I think there's that's probably the shift that Lee was referring to earlier to some extent from from people in estate agencies that we need to get back to this being able to deal with with our sellers as human beings and and ask the right questions not just focusing on the property itself do you think we're trans we there's an awful large group of estate agents I, i'm saying employed estate agents and i'm not saying all employed estate agents who just see their job as blinkered as i must list houses are not being deal makers. I know Ian, we you told a story a few months ago of, of a fantastic estate agent in your that you basically couldn't move unless you found something and they built the deal around you. I mean, if you asked a hundred estate agents to do that, there's not many that would do that, is there? Unless they've been unless they've been trained by you. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, uh, no, there aren't. But I mean, that, that was obviously good agency. Um, they created two fees that were going to be a year down the road in coming, and they made sure that they came to their business a year earlier. Unfortunately, I paid way over the odds for the property because the market's changed. But I mean, that's, that's, that's life. I mean, it's just good agency. But um, 
you know, the, that's the, what it's all about. It's good agency. It's what we're coming back to. We, we're having to dust off the manual because in the last few years, it's been a case of let's get them all on the market and don't worry if you have to overvalue it because the market will catch it up and we'll sell it. Now, as we're saying, is we're going back to a normal market. Yeah, good, 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 good agency is being hampered by uh, the cost base. So a- agents have been reducing their salaries for a period of time in comparison to other jobs. Now, the, t- the time, in my opinion, has come to reduce the workforce, increase your outsourcing, get flexibility, pay fewer people of higher caliber more money, and let the outsource suppliers come and help you with the other things. Um, that gives you flexibility that you can switch on and off in a, in, a, in a downturn. It gives you higher paid people. Higher paid people will deliver better agency in a good or bad market. If you're paying very low wages, you are going to get people that, don't, that either you're, you're either going to get leaders on a low salary that can't lead, or you're going to get people that are unleadable or uncoachable. Um, so, so the whole intrinsic thing has to be, you know, for example, if you're a business owner at the moment of a small business and you're telling me, and people do all the time, they ring up and say, look, can you help me? I can't get my people to do what I want them to do. And I'm saying, okay, well, have you, have you, you know, are, are you out there doing it? Oh, no, no, I'm not out there doing it. You know, that's not, that's not my job anymore. It's like, well, I can't help you. We're not, we're, I'm not aligned, just like not taking on an overpriced instruction. I, there's nothing I can do to help your business if you believe your position is on the sidelines telling people what to do. I don't want to be involved in that, and I, and I wouldn't. It's just like taking on hours for too much money. Speak to Ed. Get Ed to do your viewings. Get Lee to do your marketing for you, and get an expert to go out. And I'm not just punting them because they're here. I'm punting them because I believe in what I'm saying. Um, shrink your workforce increase the caliber of what you've got and then empower them with great tech, great, great suppliers, pay them good money because those people will learn the strategies needed as the market changes. And whatever market we're in now, I guarantee you it won't be the same market we're in in a couple of years' time. And whatever market that turns out to be won't be the same market in four years' time. Ian, can I ask you a question? Ian, can I ask you a question? I mean, obviously, one of the things that I think has changed the feel of the market is, is agencies having listing, having listers. And that their job is just to, you know, they're paid and they're incentivized on the number of listings they get. They're then, they, they, they don't go out and do viewings. They just have a totally different job. Do you subscribe to the theory? Do, do, do you like that way of doing things? Or do you, in, in the way I was, when I was running an office, I used to get out and get my hands dirty and do, do viewings as well as, you know, I was stuck in the whole way. Do you, do, do you think this demarcation of jobs has got something to do with where we've ended up? Yeah, I'll take that, Ed, because I I'm a firm believer in the, the lister model, um, uh, but I I do believe in in terms of being in branch roles, regional roles, multi office roles. You have got to go and get your hands dirty, and and sometimes you, you know, you've oh, the opportunity that you have to show your people the difference it can make when they follow great process and great estate agency standards is larger now than it was 12 months ago. Um, uh, and I, I, I just think that in, in certainly in terms of my routines, that I pay my listers differently now. Um, I would definitely shift the commission structure that I would have for my listers. Um, I, I had um, individual listers in branches 15 years ago, and I would have shifted their deals in a, in a better market just get me the numbers and I'll bonus and incentivize you on that. And the market that we're heading into now, I want to pay you on the revenue that we bring into the branch. I don't want you listing stuff that isn't going to sell. But what I'd also be doing now is shifting some of the time that I'd spent helping those listers deal with objections and giving them the opportunity to say, look, somebody said this, what do you think we should have said? And how do we engage with that consumer when that's their thought process? That time would be shifting to to my, my, my negotiators and my, my my frontline staff in terms of, you know, how are we best arming them for the people that they're going to engage with today, whether they're incoming buyers, whether they're um, uh, viewing opportunities, but what are they going to say? Because, you know, arguably, if you sit back and you think about it, if somebody said to you, is it a good time to buy in 2021, 2022, you wouldn't have said no, it's a terrible time to buy, you're going to have to queue up, there's 10 people who want the house and you're going to have to pay over the asking price. You'd have said it's a great time to buy because, well, why is it a great time to buy now? And for me, that's the piece that 
um, has never ever changed in a state agency. My first question is, what what are your other choices? Um, and then comparing to your other choices, what are you going to do? Because okay, fifty grand extra now on, or fifty grand on my mortgage if I sell for fifty grand less, it's two and a half grand a two and a half grand a year on interest, two hundred pounds a month. It's it's a significant chunk of money, but if it's about my kids going to a great school, two hundred pound a month, I'm I'm going to overcome that 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 objection straight away. If it's because I've fallen out with my neighbours and I want somewhere nicer to live, I'm going to pay the £200 a month straight away. It's it's actually understanding the thought process that's going through the, the potential seller's mind and then presenting them with the facts that if you sell for 50 grand less, it's going to cost you 200 quid a month. Um, I'd like to just, I'd just like to bring in some stats here and I'm not going to mention any names. Can um, I just, let me just, can I, I'd love to, I'd love to answer Ed's question as well. Um, Ed, I'm going to be honest with you, I've seen brilliant examples of both. So I've seen the compartmentalised, your negs, your neg, your viewing clerks, your viewing clerk, your sales progressing, your sales progressing, your lister is your lister. Uh, and I've seen great examples of where in effect you do it from cradle to grave as individuals and a few little models in between where the negs and the negs and the listers do like it's a split, split job. Um, I think if you're going to have a compartmentalised business, and I, I can think of one I was there yesterday, funnily enough, they are brilliant. They're a brilliant business. No one could, it, it probably wouldn't be quite how I would do certain things, but they're brilliant. But it requires fantastic leadership for that to work. I mean, really top quality leadership for that to work. Um, because there's a lot of gaps and a lot of blame that could be passed between failures, you know, the, the, the neg saying I'm not selling them because the listings are the wrong price. And the, 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 you know, you've got to have very good leadership. So um, I'm a fan of all the models, as long as it's done ruthlessly religiously properly rewarded correctly for the right behaviors i don't think necessarily but i believe the industry is moving more to put the listers being probably the key player and them being supported by outsourced um or other technology or or um you know whether it be your, your conveyancing and your sales progression done by people like richard megson at asap the viewings by you guys, the marketing by Lee. I'm in a business right now that's just outsourced all of their marketing to Lee. Um, he's going to go and do all the stuff, get the house ready to go on the market, and the list is going to go and list it. Yes, they've got negs and everything else. So all of the above, but the key is you've got to do it brilliantly. Whichever model you've got, do it brilliantly. Lead it properly. Reward for the right behaviours. You'll get the right outcomes as, as a business owner. The model is slightly, for me, a bit of a, a red herring because they all work. Um, if I, they, I, they, I, they, I agree they, and that's why you know if you if you if you shift in those ways, you've got to you've got to solve the problems that you create for leadership. So you've got to get the incentive packages right. So otherwise, they, they the listers and the negs do fall out. The listers getting paid on volume, and the negs are getting paid on completions. You have to align the, the, yeah, you've got to align the pay to a common goal. So if your pay is to get listings but not sales, then you'll probably get loads of listings and not loads of sales. But if, if, and if your pay doesn't have anything to do with customer service elements, you know, if, if you want a really good customer service business, you've got to have some reward around customer service scores or mystery shop. You know, I, I don't know how your different businesses do it. Um, but yeah, you've got to have an aligned pay structure where everybody's pulling on the same rope. The goal is very clear. The leadership is the leadership is strong. And whatever your job role, no matter how compartmentalized it is, very clear what's expected of you and that you're rewarded to do it brilliantly well. Um, I, I think the model will work full stop, but I, I would be moving towards the flexibility of having brilliant listers that I could outpay my competitors to get their skill set and supporting them via mainly technology and or outsourced people like present company to look after certain elements. And uh, that's where I would be moving towards, which is in effect the compartmentalized model, but with various of the compartments outsourced rather than insourced. Ed, yeah. what's your opinion on, on whether it should be one person from start to end or compartmentalize NEGS viewers and everything else, mainly NEGS and, and valuers? Well, I think there will always be people who are better suited to to winning listings that's just the way it is um certainly the way we used to do it at the dng was that it was the, it was the manager's job really to go out and get the business and, and feed the machine but you ended up with two or three you know if you had a team of six negotiators in an office you could always tell pretty quickly who was good at what 
um, and and they used to really enjoy having a balanced thing, you know, things to do. They they used to enjoy. No one wants to be doing just one thing all day. You know, living in a monoculture is unhealthy. We've discovered that as we go on in life around us, you need to have a variety of things going on to keep your life interesting. And I think I think negotiators have. And again, this this might be a slightly controversial thing, but I think they have become a bit one one directional. You know, they wait for the phone to ring with a right move lead, and then they pick it up and run with that. And that's what they that's what they tended to do. And that's not, I think, they need to be. You need to give all negotiators, a, you know, all of your staff a chance to shine in different areas. And also, you may need them to be doing different things at different times. You know, from my point of view, I wasn't at work all the time. As Lee will tell you, I was on holiday most of the time. So you needed to be available. You know, you needed to have other people to. It's part of life, by the way. It's one of the things we haven't talked about so far. But having a balance in your life in this market, you will be working harder. You might be working smarter rather than harder is a better way of putting it. But it is incredibly important to have a balanced life. So I don't know why I got went off down that track because I knew someone was going to say, but Eddie was on holiday, but it is incredibly important. Well, you are on holiday have... now, aren't you? In a, in, a, in, a, in a hut somewhere in deepest Scotland, aren't you? I'm in a fishing hut, yes, but it is very, very, I'm old and warty these days. Is it still so called fishing to... when you haven't caught one for three days? <laughs> he hasn't even got his rod out yet. He, 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 it, it, it's a drinking holiday labelled under fishing. Is it just called a sitting, a sitting holiday, Ed? Yes, I'm sure it's got a marketing meeting to the tax. Leave me alone. It's very, very, it's 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 downtime. It's downtime. Okay. <laughs> yeah, to have downtime, you need to be up as well. No, Ed does work very right. well. So I, I think if I can connect all of those bits together, it is the ability to 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 change behavior. And look, that's tough. If if people have been used to doing things a particular way, to ask them to do it differently will will take some time. So the other layer that I would add to this is that I think it's really important as 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 the gaffer not to pretend it's the same. So you you want to be able to make it really easy to show people it's different. And, and I would always use that with the numbers. If you're now doing 12 viewings to get a sale when you used to do eight, you need to talk about that because that gives you the opportunity then to answer the questions of what, what, what does that mean and how could I change that? If the average time of property on the market is eight weeks when it used to be four, what does that mean? What do we do? So I, I, I think it's, you know, I, I, and, and I, I quite like Chris's headlines at times because it, it makes you think in terms of bloody hell, yeah, everybody is doing mongering, but it is different. So what, what does this actually mean? And as, as the business owner and the leader in, in the environments that you're responsible for, well, what does it mean? Because if you've got questions, you, you, your people in the branches have got questions and, and just need to, to kind of be really comfortable to explain that and shut the doors in the office, get everybody in at eight o'clock or stay for a beer and a pizza afterwards and talk about the reality of the market, help people understand that 50 grand on your mortgage at 5% is two and a half grand a year, which is 200 quid a month. What does that mean to people? Help people understand that you know, if properties are on for 10 weeks instead of six We've got more vendor care to do, and we've we've, we've got to look after those people um, with more times. What's the average asking price differential between sale agreed and instruction right now? Everybody in the branch should know that because you were selling for two or three percent above the asking price. If you're now selling for two or three percent below, that's really helpful information to be able to share with your team so that they know how to behave when they get when they get those offers coming in. So. Know, being really comfortable as as the boss to go look here's the facts here's what it looks like let's talk about it and let's let's be confident in ourselves um because there's all there's all sorts of conclusions that people can come to um if 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 they're not getting that that quality of debate from the, the sensible people in their business so by the sounds of it the, the market's not the issue whether it's the lower middle or upper market the responsibility of whether we are successful as estate agents lies firmly on the shoulders of us as the bosses to know where we are, where our team is at, and what we need to do to move forward. Have I oversimplified that? Um, no, I, I don't think you ever think that's the case anytime, Chris, but I, I think we do these webinars to help people in that, that pause moment because you know, we, we're all describing this bit where we're out valuing houses, we're talking to customers, we're busy in our day jobs, we've got properties on the market for longer, we've got properties in our pipeline for 22 weeks. You know, it is very easy on a day-to-day -day basis to be caught in the, um, uh, 
the organized chaos of running and being yeah, we're almost too there. close to the coal face aren't we i mean yeah. let's just say you know both, all of you around this around this t proverbial table big bosses you run big branches let's just say you had a damn good value it doesn't matter whether they're a business owner or not um it doesn't matter whether they're a business owner or not or whether they're employed or, or if you went into a branch and someone says look i'm pulling my hair out because this whether they're owner or not is irrelevant what advice would you give to them? Would you kind of just say, just take a step back, look at your stats and talk to your team? Yeah, I'd definitely start with that, yeah. And then my, my first thing would be to help them understand where they are in comparison with their competitors. Um, and you, know, you <clears throat> mentioned this before, Chris, are they better better than average, below average or average? Um, and so I'd, I'd use Rightmove. I'd have a look how many available properties, how many are sold. If there's 100 available and 100 sold, there's 200 in total, 50% sold rate, what's yours? And if you've got 20 on and you've sold eight and you've got a 40% sold rate, you're below average, why is that? Now, yeah. those, again, Sorry. they're just really helpful conversations to help people who will be saying interest rates, market, all sorts of crap. Everybody else is listing at too much money. Well. Actually, if everybody else is listing at too much money, how come you're selling below average? Um, and it's that 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 ability to get to the real conversation quickly, because once you're at that real conversation, you can put in place most very few agents and, and people running branches I've ever spoken to who don't know how to fix the problems once they know what the problems are. But when you get to this period of shifting markets, you, it is very easy to believe that interest rates are going to scare the crap out of everybody and nobody wants to buy a house. It's very easy to believe that buy to let rewards are terrified by the marketplace and compliance and they're exiting the market. It's, it's very easy to see that buyers are behaving differently and be saying, no, no, none of that really matters. What's the reality of what's going on? Where are we? What we got to do to be better? And, and, and I think most, most, most agents who've been around, even if you've only been around two or three years, if, if, you, if you're really simple as, well, I sell less houses than the average agent in my area, what can you do? You'll come up with two or three things that will make a difference. If the answer is I'm the best at selling houses in my area and I need more instructions, cool, what's the answer? You'll come up with a list of things that you can do. So it's that, that yes, you're absolutely right, Chris, pause. Have a look at the data, understand what's going on, build a plan, get everybody behind it, have a bit of fun with it. Um, and, and I think it's it's a very exciting opportunity if you view it in that way. Um, if you're waiting for the, the, the world to crash around you as interest rates get to 10%, you know, nothing's going to change. You're, you're just going to be controlled by something other than your own behaviour. Thank you for that. Ian. Really got on a pedestal then, didn't I? Really uh, good, it was good. Uh, I, I think I think I think the key message is control the controllables. So basically I would typically go through a sort of uh, um, a from and to scenario with people and say, right, okay, what was the market? What is it now? What were the stats? What are they now? Where's the opportunity? Because it is it is about opportunity rather than being fearing this, you know, downturn. There is an opportunity in all of this, of course. Um, Understanding it, identifying it requires self-analysis. It requires self-criticism, and it, it and, and it requires some some inward strength to understand that um, you know whenever the market changes from one thing to another, that's where the opportunity always lies. It's where it's where, it's where the ability to grow as a human, as an estate agent, and as a business always exists. It's it's, it's impossible to excel in a market that's excelling for everybody. Um, so so. I just go, it's similar to Lee, I just go, I take everyone from and to. This is the market we were in. This is the market we were in. This is the market we're now in. These are the stats. These were the stats. Where is the opportunity? What do we need to do differently? What should we stop doing? What should we start doing? What should we do more of? What should we do differently? Which supplier should we be keeping with in this market versus the supplier deck that we've got in that market? What's the... What is my overall piece? And if you show that type of lead, I think that's very encouraging for your team anyway. And if you show the team a roadmap and then, and then, and then help them to deliver that roadmap to a degree, hold them accountable to it, give them the skills, the tools to win, um, regardless of what's happening. Um, I, and as I said to you yesterday, I don't think house prices are really particularly the enemy of the estate agent. Transactional volumes are far more of a 
fiscal issue that if if transactional volumes fall off a cliff, that's very that you know that that that's an issue. The pie's got smaller. You've got your pie bigger. Um, interestingly, agents tend to cut back on advertising at this time of year. It's like you know, wow, what what a silly move that is. Because um, you've got to increase your pie. Agents start cutting their fees. It's like right, see the cake's shrunk. You've got to pay more wages, and you're cutting your fees. Come on, guys, wake wake up. Um, but I think there's a huge opportunity. Just understand the market we were in versus the market we're uh, sorry, the market we were in versus the market we're going to. Understand the stats and how that's looking for your particular business, as Lee says, and then work out the opportunity and just change your strategy and behaviours to the new set of rules and keep addressing that. Keep monitoring, measuring, looking at, and understanding what changes are happening. Good leaders. I mean, Dale Norton at Romans was just a genius at understanding. I don't know how he did it. He just knew what was coming. Uh, Peter Rollins, who's involved with Ed, had the same skill set. They just knew. And it's only because they studied things and read things and could see patterns. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they necessarily knew, Ian. I just think they knew they were confident that they'd be able to handle it. And I think for most people, um, it's it's um, you put a lot of it down to experience. I mean, I, I do think having been through ups and downs helps. I mean, someone I think I can't which one of you said earlier that, you know, if you're someone who's been doing it for two or three years, then you're going to have been in a very, very strange environment. If you've been in a state agency for two or three years, you're simply going to have no idea what real estate agency is all about, because it's just, you know, things things do go up and down and change. The press is far more intrusive with social media. You know, it's much easier for people to believe that the world's coming to an end um, because they read the papers. I mean, I've given up listening to the Today programme because I'm getting depressed waking up every morning listening to it. It's, it's just people don't have to take their news in, in 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 anything other than a contextual way locally they don't have to listen to sort of national headlines the beauty of the property market is that it varies in different parts of the country and i think you know i remember you go back to 1988 people were worried about the market it took 10 years for it to recover for most of us you know 96 97 until things got better things things can stay different for a long time so there's no point burying your head in the sand you've got to address the issues that are coming up and understand that things are different and you can't just carry on the way you are. I mean, boys and girls, so, let's, just, let's just have a look at this map. You know, the left hand, red is buyer seller's market, blue is buyer's market. This is the, and, and white is a balanced market. This is how the market has changed in the last year. But, but at the end of the day, red is still good. And even in a balanced market, stuff is still selling. And I think the magic thing that I've taken away from today is this. And it doesn't really matter what's happening in the property market. It's how you deal with it and how you act with it. And, and, and you've got to look at what you what You've got your team, what their team are doing, how you're motivating them, uh, what jobs they're doing. Do you really need people who are employed to do every job that you're doing? The smart people are outsourcing. You can almost outsource everything. You can outsource your photos with you know, and measuring up to, 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 to firms like Lynn. And we're not turning this into an advertorial. You can outsource viewings. And again, the number of agents that say, well, I don't want to do outsource my viewings. They won't know the property. Trust me, you'd be amazed how many people love someone who isn't trying to sell them a, a property that they end up buying. You can outsource um, sales progression to, to Richard Begson at ASAP. And he get you know, he's, he's, the average is 19, 20 weeks. This is 12 weeks. You can, you know, you've got to look at your business. You are a business person who is in a state agency, not an estate agent in business. And if you can motivate your team, sort your processes out, it doesn't matter what's happening in the, in the market, does it, boys? Now, let me just pick up on what Ed said. Ed said it took 10 years to recover. The market took 10 years to get back to the price levels that were in 1989. I think they peaked and it took 10 years for them to get back to peak. But a load of businesses thrived and made a lot of money in the 90s in the state agency. Yep. And a lot of businesses went bust because they didn't adapt. So, you know, that's enough that the market didn't define that actually the quality of a state agency that was delivered through the leadership that was in the branches made the difference. Um, and that's what it comes that, down to, isn't it? Really? I, I, don't, I don't really care what the trading conditions are. I care about how I'm going to win market share, be better than the other estate agency businesses and, and, and find ways to, to lead the communities that we operate within. And, and that's the exciting opportunity that I see right now. Absolutely fascinating. Any final short thoughts before we bring this one to an end? Well, certainly I would like to say that um, anybody who thinks that the interest rate environment we're in is going to last forever is, is, 
people describe it as getting back to normality. Unfortunately, the world is not normal behind us. I think if I, I would definitely say to people that when the government has, when the Bank of England stroke government has got the, the, the current inflation levels under control, I think there is every chance that interest rates will come back down again, possibly not to where they were before. But this is a this is a blip. And I would just urge people to be a little bit careful before they get too doom and gloom about it. Lee, any final thoughts? Yeah, I'd echo what Ed said. It's actually there's a lot of noise around at the moment, but it, it's a it's a great time to buy a house. It's a great time to be an agency, and it's a it's a great time to you know do do what only fifty percent of agents in the UK do, and that's be better than average. Um, that's the thing to remember: fifty percent agents are below average, fifty percent are above. Problem is, if you have thought. If you asked all the agents, 90% of them would say they're above average or, or exceptional, bless them. <laughs> Final thoughts from you, Ian. Really simple for me, lead with purpose, um, seize the opportunity. And as I said, this is, this is a normal market. You need to be the voice of reason. Let people, you know, you've got this thing called social media. You can get your messages out there to thousands of people in your town by joining local Facebook groups you need to tell people what's happening in the property market what's you know prices up prices down it doesn't matter the fact is is if people want to move they'll move and you need to be the agent of choice by being the authority on the property market and you just chucking out pie charts or all your listings is not going to make you an authority on behalf of the industry i'd like to say thank you to you lee thank you you ian and thank you ed for today as always truly exceptional but more importantly we'd like to thank you for watching we hope that you have enjoyed this we hope you've got something from it and um, we hope that the rest of 2023 and and beyond are good estate agency years for you the number of people i've interviewed on the Watkins sofa who started their agency successful ones in 0809 it doesn't matter what's happening in the market. It's what's happening between your two ears and how you drive yourself and your team to be successful in whatever market you are presented with. Thank you for your time. Let's say wave, wave goodbye to the people at home, Buzz. Hey, everybody. Being on. Thank Thanks you. Thanks, Chris.